electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. Uh, it is risk off as the S&P is on track for the first weekly loss in three. Uh, the worst weekly loss in six, actually, amid fears of a no-deal Brexit, vaccine supply, stimulus as the government faces a budget shutdown at midnight tonight. Our roadmap begins with Pfizer, though. The FDA says it will quickly move to finalize that panel recommendation for emergency use. Plus, seeking streaming domination, Disney outlines its growth plans, projecting up to 350 million subscribers across its platforms by 2024. And stimulus, or we can also just call it relief, well, it seems to be stalled again. Stocks set to open lower as the fate of a bipartisan plan to get some money out of Congress now looks more uncertain, Carl. All right, guys. Uh, Jim, Art Cashin yesterday did suggest that the rally was showing signs of getting a little tired. Is today confirmation of that? Yes, it is. Uh, uh, one of my favorite technicians, and I'm sure uh, Art's too, is Larry Williams. He's been around forever. He's a great guy, and I've read a lot of his books. And we did some stuff together on Tuesday uh, for Mad Money, where uh, he said, look, we're in that period right now where you just made all the money you can make in the American Airlines and the cruises. It, it, it's just those are maxing out. We have to have some flopping and chopping here. We can go back to a, a, a Christmas rally very soon. But we have to have a change in the guard right here. And I think that that's true. I think that these stocks have gone up too much. But they're up. But we'll come back. I'm not by any means a bear. But there are, he came to me with American Airlines at 12. Uh, and he said, OK, the money's been made. And I, I think that's true. I think that a lot of the newer cohort never think the money's been made and always think there's more money to be made. And, and David, I spend a huge amount of time now with the young cohort. And here's how the young co- cohort think. It's yeah. going up. Why should it stop? OK. Uh, and they'll believe that until when? Until they lose a lot of money, I guess. I guess. But I you mean, know what? I don't want to say had... that's in the cards because no. that just presumes that we know more than they do. And that's just not true. They may have the numbers. Maybe they have, as Stalin said, they've got the divisions. Jim, can we take a step back for a second and just talk about this again? I mean, we, you know, it was what was it? April that we started to be aware of people who were trading, perhaps, or um, creating new accounts yes. at the Robin Hoods of the world, but when, also when E-Trade, Ameritrade, any, any number of them. When commissions yeah. went to zero, and then when sports were shut down, mm-hmm. there was sort of this uh, cohort that we've talked about as well that wanted some action. Um, but we assumed that they would be short-lived. Right. And that hasn't been the case. No. We also were uncertain as to just how much buying power they had. I mean, I guess I'm still trying to define exactly who these people are. I, I think you're so right, David. I think the second wave came in. Rather than thinking that the first wave would die down, I think there are a lot of people who saw, frankly, that a lot of money's being made. 
And it's not being made in index funds. Now, I know a lot of people come on our air and they say, you know what, I'm, I can't talk about individual stocks. I can blah, blah, blah. And what happens is, is they're these younger people, but also older people. I have them all call in on Mad Bunny. They want to make money and they want to make it now. I mean, uh, Phil LeBeau, who's absolutely the best, talked about four, just said in the last 24 hours, four EV related SPACs have been announced. Yes. Now, David, these are all going to go up. Oh, my. Are they ever? Uh, Phil had one on Squawk Box earlier. He had, I think, Electric Last Mile EV company. But the one that really is going to go up is EV Box, Jim. This is a TPG SPAC deal. They have 190,000 charge ports across 70 countries. They're European based. We're going to keep a close eye on that one this morning because it was looking up as much as 100 percent. Well, see, this is the issue for me. The market is broken that a stock can be up that much like Greenwich Bioscience. But the people who are involved, these younger people, they're really fabulous in the sense that I shouldn't again, shouldn't say younger people. They're fabulous in their optimism. They look at all of these and they say, I had Chevron on the other day, Mike Worth. And I mentioned, should he be in this, should he be hydrogen fuel cells? And he says, look, we're good at what we're good at. Uh, that's not good enough for these people. What they want is we want EV and we want EV now. So ESG is one of their things. But they're also very much, David, of course, in the flavor of the day. I, I was talking with one of the larger investors the other day about Stitch Fix. OK, this is a stock that almost doubled this week. Why? Who wants to go to the store to buy clothes? They send them to you. OK, seems pretty simple. It works. The simplicity and beauty, Carl, of what these people are doing is stunning to me because it's not like they're looking. I mean, some are looking for EV, but others are looking for the literal purloin letter, the Poe letter that's right in front of them. And they're (laughs) grabbing it and they're and they're buying. Yeah. uh, Although, to your point, Jim, uh, you know, some people's tolerance uh, for for gains is, is tiring. Goldman takes stitch fix to neutral today. We got right. a downgrade of snow, downgrade of Tesla today for the second day in a row. So we'll get, we'll get to some of that uh, in a bit. I do want to get you back on vaccines, though, because uh, we got this news out of Santa Fe that looks like they're going to have to do more trials, probably second half of next year. Uh, we've already talked about vaccine supply worries on Pfizer, the allergic reactions in the U.K. Uh, Azar today did say that uh, the agency is going to move fast. Uh, to finalize this thing. And then you had Kenton Frazier of Merck, Jim, with, uh, I would say, uh, characteristic caution on our air yesterday. Take a listen. These vaccines have had stunning efficacy, and we should all be very optimistic about it. Where we're going in the next six months, as everybody knows, is we're going to have to assist in making sure that those vaccines get to the most vulnerable populations and to healthcare workers. Uh, after that, we can talk about a more general rollout. Um, but that's probably going to take longer than six months. So HHS today, Jim, says 20 million in December in terms of vaccinations, 30 million in January and 50 million in February. Look, I, I continue to marvel how good things are. But I, then I start wondering, is it just the RNA? I mean, Moderna next week. We haven't talked enough about Moderna. Moderna could surprise us with more volume. Uh, we, we talked about Pfizer uh, RNA. It is not like J&J to come out and say, Way to see what happens with Blockbuster. They're a little more like Ken. Uh, but I have great hopes for J&J. I did not have great hopes for Glaxo because even though they're great vaccine companies, it was kind of a shotgun marriage. Didn't necessarily expect anything there. Uh, AstraZeneca, obviously a disappointment. And, and uh, this is clearly, David, not an easy vaccine to make. But if we get J&J and they deliver, and I think they will, and that's a, a mid-January perhaps, and we get Pfizer and we get Moderna, that may be enough to be able to say we're going to get a billion. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's a big number. Yes. That's a very big number. The J&J, by the way, would only be one shot, is my understanding. Yes, not the, one not shot. the double dosage needed for the mRNA, which is uh, vaccines, which is Moderna, of course, and Pfizer. Um, but, Jim, it is such a strange juxtaposition we have right now in terms of new highs in the stock market, these incredible leaps forward that are being made by IPOs or by companies that we talk about so often here, EV or Snowflake or Tesla. Um, and then juxtaposed with uh, people online to get food, uh, the fact that you're not going to potentially get a relief bill out of Congress um, with 3,000 deaths a day. Right. Uh, it's a strange time. Well, I went to Dave Tepper, uh, who's still one of my favorites. He's a guy who schooled me at Goldman Sachs. Schooled actually meaning, you know, pants me. Uh, and one of the things he said is, look, there are stocks to own and stocks to rent. Some are very short-term rentals, more like an hourly hotel. I mean, kind of, you know, I own an inn. There are people who wanted to rent by an hour. I prefer it overnight. Um, <laughs> and so you can have a lot of fun short-term. And I said, well, why? Well, you, it's because, David, there could be $900 billion coming at you. The, e, you know, the EU is just printing money to try to get things going. Yeah. We have so many, so much stimulus. The rates are, are low. And we have a vaccine. So, David, you want to go short in that environment? No. I mean, Dave Tepper, who is, I think, one of the more flexible people, he's not dogmatic. He's telling you, you know, look, have some fun right now. But remember, it's short term. The Nasdaq's up 38 percent this year. Well, this has been his philosophy. Yeah. Well, he's just saying you rent them. I, I get it. And he's right. Well, I'm saying he's not fighting the tape. Right. And, and why would you? Uh, well, because a lot you of can the, sit here on, talking rich- about valuation all day long, and a lot of these names, as we well know, valuation is no reason to short a stock. No, but I disagree with you about that. why wouldn't he? I think there are a lot of people who come on air that are not the least bit bullish. I think I hear a lot of bullish people still you on do. air, don't you? I don't yeah. hear a lot of bullish. Kind of making the same case what that you just saying? talked about, the fact that we will at some point get significant stimulus, that we do have a vaccine coming, which in and of itself will be stimulative right. because it will allow people to actually get back to full so you're Living thinking this is lives. not any wisdom? Tepper doesn't have any wisdom. I, I like listening. I thought Tepper this was all good the wisdom. Time. It was. It was I, would, I, got the, I got I the text at like 4 a.m. Ha- 4 a.m. text from Tepper. He was up too? Yeah, well, yeah we communicate in like 4 a.m. It's but... crazy what's no, going on not. at 4 a.m. No, he's not. You think rich people don't get up? I Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they do. I love talking about the Panthers, but he's do not interested. they get interested. woken up by like somebody kind of waving, waving a feather no, on them? No, that's Benioff somehow? does that. Benioff. There's a big 3.30 download he gives me. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I have it on Ringer. My wife really loves that I have it on Ringer. But, Carl, there are a lot of people who are talking about stocks now like you haven't seen, whether they be wealthy, whether they be youthful. And then there are a lot of people who don't have jobs, and they're not talking about stocks. So there is a – it's that so-called K recovery. You know, there's guys getting down. Yeah, guys no, going it's, uh, I mean, just yesterday, Jim, we had uh, U.S. household net worth hit a record for 3Q. Right. And on the same day, uh, Washington Post does a story about a wave of shoplifting at America's retailers, largely uh, families coming in to steal goods that are related to children and babies amid right. the hunger crisis in this country. It's remarkable. Uh, it's a little bit like 1917 Russia. Okay. That's an interesting comparison. Well, I mean, it was very easy for my great-great-uncle. Yes, we know who he was. I mean, I'm looking for, this is the most I've ever seen the country divided. 
whether it be the person who works rank and file versus the CEO, who usually is paid 40, 40 times. I mean, look, I, I think that I'm not saying 400 that, times, 400, times. 400 times. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying that, you know, you know, come the revolution to the Finland station and Lenin's got a real rap going. What is to be done? I'm just saying, Carl, that the divisions in the country are horrible and it's not America. It's not very American. It's not what we've been like. I mean, think, go back to the Reagan era. There really wasn't that big a difference between the rich and the not so rich. And now we've got a situation where I think that there are, uh, it is ripe for Democrats to really, if they didn't have the Senate, if they get the Senate, to really kind of change the uh, distribution of wealth. How about that? That's the faded term yeah. that, uh, that Senator Warren uh, discusses. Re- redistribution of wealth is something that I think a lot of wealthy people fear. Uh, and I'm not going to say it, they shouldn't. Not with this. Right. You agree, David, right? That's not. Well, I the will revolution. say the not last nine months have exacerbated the trends that have been in place for a very long period. And of how time. do you feel about that? Uh, it, it makes things even more difficult. Yes. I mean, look at our look at where we are politically right now. Well, I mean, we I haven't even mentioned that. Um, well, that one's too hot. Yeah, it is. Um, well, but, really, on that point, Jim. Really quick, Monday is the uh, the Electoral College vote. We haven't talked about election risk in a couple of weeks. No, I mean, I got and a bone from the president you yesterday. were following, symbolist. Right, the, the president is, yeah, I know. He was telling me, come on, I've been really right. There's 20 states that have joined the, uh, uh, the Texas President AG. Trump. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Yeah, the, and by the way, yeah, symbolist has been fabulous. But I got my Bolton yesterday right in the height of, I got it right when there, I read that 3,000 people had died, which, is, which just talked about, it's time. This is it. We've got to. And I thought it was maybe about the virus. No, it was about the election. $200 million. What's he going to do with it? The $200 million you raised since the election's over. I, no one knows, right? Good. But nope. Astonishing. Thank you. Yep. There's music. That saved me. The music saved me. <laughs> uh, guys, there is still a lot to get to. We haven't touched on Disney, uh, which is going to open it at all-time high. Goldman goes to 200 uh, We'll get to Oracle and Lulu and Stitch Fix and Costco with Futures Red. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. With our recent reorganization, We've separated content creation from distribution and put in place a new structure that will allow us to be even more nimble, responsive, and effective in the delivery of our unparalleled programming. This will enable us to tell great stories inspired by the perfect mix of creative excellence enhanced by data-driven audience insights delivered in ways that consumers want. That's Bob Chapek, Disney CEO, of course, during the company's investor meeting yesterday, talking about that change. Remember about a month, six weeks ago or so, where they where they changed the structure uh, of the company uh, and direct to consumer coming even more to the fore, if that could be the case. And Jim and Carl, of course, some of the numbers they put out there were fairly impressive. Subscribers hit 86.8 million as of December 2nd versus 73.7 million that was announced at the end of the last quarter. Hulu subscribers, 38.8 million. 
Um, and they're going to launch 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, 15 Pixar features, uh, you know, over time, of course, here. Uh, and then some of the bigger stuff. There you see it. 230 to 260 million subscribers by 2024. Uh, and they will uh, raise your rates by a buck as well. Stock is reacting very positively. Well, there are a couple of things, Dave, that really kind of stunned me. Uh, first is that less than 50% of the subscribers have kids. Isn't that extraordinary? Yes. Uh, and then uh, there were over 300,000 people watching the analyst meeting, the live stream. I find that incredible. That's stunning. Isn't that? Thank you. Yes. Yes. I can kind of, I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah, but that's who's buying stocks that's, these days, right? Uh, um, the or people are starved for content. Because if you want to watch Bob Chapek, I mean, yeah, that's really, that's I mean, it is incredible. But that's, you know, that's not Robin Hood. That's just a lot of people who are excited about a very good stock. Yep. They've got, uh, they've hit in the magic four quadrants, males under 25, females under 25, males over 25, females over 25. Uh, great for Marvel, great for Lucas. And then, David, um, I, I read through every note. Every note mentioned Netflix. Mm-hmm. Every note saying this is the next Netflix. So suddenly you've got a combination, agglomeration of 300,000 new people looking at the live stream. You've got analysts saying it's the next Netflix. And it, you've got 50% uh, having, you know, less than 50% have kids. Put it all together and you have a stock that's up 12. Oh, sorry, 14. Yeah, it's quite a move. Now, let's not forget they are still spending a great deal of money on all of this. Uh, they are talking about losses peaking in fiscal 2021 and it starting to actually turn a real profit for them by 2024. But to your point, Jim, what investors are looking at is the recurring, the recurring nature of this revenue. Right. Their price elasticity. They're going up by a buck, but you know where Netflix is. Right. Uh, and the fact that if you do achieve something like 300 million people who are paying you some amount of money every month for this, that's quite a business, and the multiple revision will have been justified. I remember when Bob Iger, former CEO. And uh, executive chairman still. Executive chairman. I remember going to him and saying, when will the dialogue not be about ESPN subscriber losses? And he said, just you wait. We're going to That was that faded uh, April analyst meeting, remember? And uh, Carl, the man who wrote a fabulous book, by the way, that had a lot of negative stuff about himself. And it, was a, yeah, it was a really um, good book. Really good book. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The fabulous ride. I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact ride. Uh, the ride, the, the long ride of a lifetime. Ride of a lifetime. But Carl, that book, uh, it showed me this is a person who's not going to just forget his legacy. His legacy is we don't talk about ESPN anymore. Does anyone even talk about ESPN? It's <laughs> no. not even any of the notes. Nobody talks about Congratulations ESPN. Congratulations to Bob Iger. No yeah. one cares. <laughs> You're right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it was Wells earlier in the week who said that EPS is going to be honey badgered because uh, even with the dilution to EPS, uh, they think Disney's earned the right to ask investors to be patient. A lot more to come on Disney. We'll see how it opens. We're back in a minute. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds. Thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, let's get to our uh, last mad dash of the week here. Of course, we've got about uh, eight, seven minutes before we get started with trading on uh, this Friday. Lululemon. Yeah, now Lululemon, the, our, my friend Aaron Burnett always called it that. Uh, revenues beat, the beat more than doubled management's guide. Uh, this will be the tail of the tape because this was the best quarter last night, uh, even better than Costco. And the stock is down. So let's, there were uh, seven analysts that, that bumped their price targets. So let's see if this one, I'm using this as the tail of the tape, David. Because if this doesn't rally, then you kind of have a different market going because uh, that means that Disney is an exception and this is the rule. So let's be careful. I do want to say just something about what you and I talked about during the break, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I get bombarded like you do. People, SPACs who want to come on mad money. And David, I don't like it. And um, I can't ruin it and you can't ruin it. But we can warn people uh, because we've been around and these SPACs are all very exciting. But I recommended taking profits in the four that I recommended recommended because they had almost doubled or up 67 percent. And, David, I was I was savage in Twitter. I didn't even go look at my at my I didn't because, no. David, 50 percent up is a good place to take some profits. But I couldn't read my Twitter file. So I stopped because people just think that I'm anti anti capitalist. David, up 100 percent. Good. It is. Uh, got to talk more about it. Listen, SPACs are going to be with us for quite some time. Yes. There are new ones coming up all the time, as I've said. The economics of it makes sense for the sponsor. Yes. They can make sense as well for those who invest in them. Right. There's no doubt about it. And but you look read. at the quality of some of the people who participate in the pipe investments They're that go good. along with them. They're quite good. Quite good. But they do deserve to be examined closely. And stocks that go up 100%, it is okay to take some profit. Yep. That is not insane or crazy. I'm not trying to keep people in their chains, David. I'm just trying to make sure that they have something. Understood. Thank By the you. way, we will be keeping an eye on some of these new EV SPACs. New, new when, secondary. When Let's we, go get some of that. We, when we get to the other side here, of course, with the opening bell coming right up. A lot of people were expecting hotels to reopen sooner. And the reason why was after 9-11 and 2008, business travel recovered before leisure travel. But of course, in the world of Zoom, the future does not look at all like the past. And of course, in a pandemic, people didn't want to be in crowded lobbies, obviously. They wanted the privacy of a home. And I think people want to be with the people they can connect and love with. And obviously, a home is a really good way to do that. So, you know, I think I think that kind of worked out for a lot of people. And I think that explains some of our rebound in Q3. It's Brian Chesky of Airbnb, obviously putting a punctuation mark on this historic IPO month and this historic IPO year. There's a look at some other monster debuts we've seen in 2020. Valuation, Jim, now matching uh, not two, but three of the largest hotel chains uh, up 100 uh, plus percent for the day, but closing below the open. Right. But not much. I mean, did have a bit of a rebound. It was lower at one point. I, I, I talked to Brian quite a lot. I, I got to know him when I went out to San Francisco. I sure miss those days. And I don't think that those companies that we're comparing it to are compares. 
I think that this is something, we use this term at law school, sui generis. I mean, it basically has created something nobody else has. And that is an incredibly inexpensive way to go visit a place. And I think that those who use it recognize that the pricing of hotels has gotten out of control. And the staying at an Airbnb is just an extraordinary bargain. David, when I look at the prices of a beautiful house in Florida versus a hotel, it just doesn't compute. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't. I got to look for something, man. I got to take a look. My wife branded one for you, the month. I just don't want to do the cooking and the shopping, though, and you're in the house. Well, I want to be on vacation. David, Not that I do that anyway, by the way. Market. But I don't want to have, you know, anybody have to do it. Well, in, a, in a, you know, David, in a pandemic, stay at home. Have a good time. Ugh. All right. Ugh. Oh, Carl, There's the opening bell, guys, at the NYSC. It's Delwin's Insurance Acquisition Corp. At the NASDAQ, the biosimulation company Sertara celebrating an IPO today. We'll talk to the CEO on Squawk Alley. Yeah, the bit of a red screen there, Jim. Um, now, Boris Johnson uh, this morning saying a no-deal Brexit is now very, very likely. We had Morgan Stanley uh, going to transfer 100-plus billion of assets from the U.K. to Germany. Uh, are you watching this at all? Yeah, well, just a, I, I, I had uh, a company on the other day, Hain Celestial, that had a huge amount, it has a huge amount of business in Britain. And he just expects the fact it's just going to be chaotic. And, and I, yeah, but I think we'll get through it. I mean, that's kind of chaotic, but get through it. Carl, you mentioned the downgrade of Stitch Fix. I, I had Katrina Lake on last night. I think she's a visionary. And uh, there are people, women and men, who've gotten the box, the box that you get, and it's kind of exciting. But I pointed out because the downgrade of Goldman doesn't mean anything, Carl, to the people who are buying Stitch Fix. First of all, they don't care about Goldman's price target. Okay, they, it just. These people just like Stitch Fix. They don't care about valuation. They like the box that comes. And what's happened is the bifurcation. David, we have people, analysts, who are doing things that are basically, all right, I'm going to put it out there, less relevant than trade rooms. Goldman versus Reddit, David. Well, what you're describing is things that are reminiscent, at least, of the late 90s. My experience there, of course, having reported on it very closely every day, Joe and I would sit across from each other on the old Squawk Box set. You would be a guest sometimes. Yes, I would, every Mark Wednesday. Haynes, of course. Uh, and, you know, there was the same thing. Uh, you, you come out as an analyst at your own peril if you actually wanted to stick to valuation. Yeah. And say, listen, I, I can't recommend something at 100 times sales or 500 times forward earnings. Uh, and it didn't matter until it no. did. But by the way, it didn't for a long period of time. No, and that's the and, thing. And here, it though, you know, when you look at the vo- when you look at actual dollar, I mean, other than Tesla in terms of big cap, though, oh, and Snowflake, it's not as though there's speculation throughout this market. That no. is not the case, Jim. But the float uh, expands from 32 million to 345 million for uh, Snowflake on March 21st, and then we'll see yeah. what it's really made of. Yeah. I, I just think, Carl, that when I I, that I don't want to get trapped into the notion that because Deutsche Bank says that Snowflake's a buy, uh, but actually they took a buy to a hold because <laughs> because it went because it, right. it, it 52 times fiscal year 23 sale uh, earnings. I, I don't know. I, I just is it our job to protect people? I would say absolutely. Yes. Uh, but the yeah, problem yeah, I mean, it is the. <clears throat> 
the line out of Deutsche is uh, they go to hold 335. Right. Very little change in the fundamental story, but uh, shares for the quarter up or since the three Q results, shares are up 28 percent. Right. I, I thought it was a great piece. Now I, I happen to love Frank Slootman. He used to come on when he built service now, by the way, Tim went to Don who now is at Bill McDermott. You look NOW, it's unbelievable. But that I, I, Frank is a visionary. He's a tough guy, he wrote a good book uh, about these things. But I will say this about about Frank. I, he will not come out and say that my stock has gotten ahead of me. But he will say that there's a retail component who owns his stock that may not know ex- all that much about what Snowflake does. Um, David, I think that one of the things that we learned in 1999 yep. was there were a lot of companies that were bought and people didn't know what they did. Uh, oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, and there were a lot of companies that didn't know what they did. The actual companies really didn't. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was it was unique. I remember was we're unique. talking about one. Uh, MSFT was, is Microsoft. Yeah. But there was another one. It was like M. FST. Uh, and I it mean, was, and, and I mentioned it on air, right? I happened to like it. it Both was, stocks went up big. I mean, listen, I remember there was a refrigeration company that decided it was doing something in the internet and the stock went up 100 Well, now it's doing something in vaccines that went up. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was, it was an insanity level that we have not seen anything approaching it. But the, again, you know, let's go back to just this week. I mean, DoorDash up 80-some-odd percent right. in its debut. Airbnb yesterday up over 100 percent. By the way, this morning, oh, and let's not forget AI. The, we there's about AI you know, at all. the Tom Siebel. He's legit. It, oh, it's legit. But did you see? I mean, that stock also is up 100. I think it actually may be the best performer of the week. It has been extraordinary. Um, C3 AI is the company there. And, you know, I, uh, trading down this morning, but $119, Jim. I forget exactly well, you where mentioned it priced. It's the wall, David, that the people involved, these are not the jokers that, that brought a lot of junk in 1999. Or this this C three PO whatever that thing was in Philadelphia. There it CMG, is. CMG, you know. Yeah. CGM, CMG, CMG. I mean, people buy that, Chipotle. That's on just that. one day, guys. Can we can we look back at do actually this week no, on, we on, uh, on C three AI because it's not that's not capturing the initial move. No, that looks like it, a forty two. Like it priced at forty two. Okay. So there you go. Um, and there, uh, yeah. All right. So forty two bucks. Um, and then it opened, as you can see, a lot let's higher. Let's say we're in week one um, of this, day. Well, all right. But we're going to see what Absolera does today, right? That's a Peter Thiel-backed company. Oh, boy. Um, and it is uh, offers, by the way, a full stack. I like a full stack, too. Full stack? It's I full love stack? pancakes. I mean, a f- I, want a f- I don't want a half. Right. They have a full stack of artificial intelligence-powered drug the discovery platform that searches and analyzes a database of natural immune systems to oh. find antibodies that can be developed oh, as drugs. <laughs> Absolera. I think it was like 30 times oversubscribed. We'll see how of it course, performs today. Of course. Yeah. Well, look, 17 well, to 18 is where it was going to be. We have to be careful because it's going to work right now. And we're going to be pilloried if we keep people out or say negative things. We're not doing any. We don't control what people do. But, Carl, I do think that uh, when all the stock, the spot does come out, I mean, Stacey Cunningham talking about a direct listing. But then you get, uh, why is that the answer? Take a look at Palantir. I was in a Palantir chat room the other day. It was like a rabid group of people at Green Bay <laughs> right before. Yeah, what? Yeah. So it was like Green Bay. It was Lambeau. It was. It, 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 it was Lambeau Field. I mean, I, 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 Palantir it, it Lambeau. Me, 
Reminds me of what Jeffrey says about Tesla, even though they cut it to hold today. A messianic brand, messianic. Jim, yeah. as they go to hold, but then raise their target from 500 to 650. Yeah, I, I read that and I said I want to buy Tesla after reading that, not sell it. I mean, Tesla <laughs> is the bellwether, David. That's been the bellwether that allows is. this. And you know what a bellwether is, right? Tell me. In real life, what, how did the term come about? Uh, I don't know. It's a castrated ram that leads the sheep. Thank you for that. They put a bell around the castrated ram. Why I wake up every morning? I'm always going to learn something. Well, castrated ram. Who is to disagree with a castrated ram? That's what I'll forever think of Tesla as now. Um, (laughs) uh, Jim, Broadcom is a company we used to spend a good amount of time on. Hawk staying, David. Hawk is staying. Hawk Tan is staying. But they did make some changes, you'd think, at the urging of the board that you could at least see a plan for succession should anything ever happen to Hawk. CFO will never leave that job. Right. One would expect, unless he's pulled, kicking and screaming from the building. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, there's a look at it. They also reported numbers. But, yeah, we're talking about Tom Krause, CFO, moving up to uh, the number two position, clearly. Right. He's, uh, he's been named president of the new infrastructure software group, overseeing the company's six software divisions, as well as software sales, customer support. Uh, and software operations, but there's a clear order of succession. Right. And uh, we show people, results. this is a big part at, to Apple. You can't mention Apple. It's like Fight Club. Right. First they, but, they did mention on the call no plans to separate the company because right. they were asked about that. Would you ever consider separating hardware software? Right. No. But softness and enterprise was those three. From the earnings. Those were yeah. three words that are making That's why it's down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started thinking about Broadcom as a great acquirer and was thinking, why doesn't the FTC go after them, David? Man, you're back to that. Well, I just was interested in that. I mean, you know, to be fair, and I know you went off on this yesterday, the facts can change and so can the mind of the regulators. Yeah, but when you, what would happen, Carl, every time you did a deal and it gets the FTC's blessing and then about three or four years later they say, hey, you know what, we, we got that wrong. Let me, let's get a do-over. And you're trying to run a business. I mean, who, what kind of agency does that? How about, I think the agency, the first yeah. line of that brief should have been, we screwed up, but we're not done. But uh, no. You know, listen, they've <laughs> got to prove it in court, and, and that's where it will be, and it will play out over many years. And if, in fact, they can, then something will be done to remedy the situation in terms of an anti-competitive threat that they face or that they present. And if not, they'll go along, and that'll be that. Well, that's it. We and are still How would you like to be on that nation board? of laws still? Nation of laws. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson. I'm working with Jefferson here. Hey, Madison, how you doing? <laughs> Look, Carl, I think that the FTC made a big mistake when they said yes, and now they're making a big mistake when they said no, uh, because the idea, as we watch, as we watch Twitter, as we watch Snapchat, as, as we watch TikTok, uh, we have to wonder, I mean, uh, Pinterest. Are they kidding? I mean, the, the amount of competition in this sector is as fierce as in the enterprise sector these days for uh, for technology. Airbnb, David, is up. It is. It's up. Oh, good. I guess they had good numbers last night. Good. Uh, yeah. Pinterest is up, too. Yeah. Air- wow. It is. It's up. There yeah. it is. Look it at is. 150. Okay, good. All's right with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Hey, Jim, I don't know. Have you watched shares of ExxonMobil this week? Uh, yeah, it's having a big move. It had a nice move. It outperformed Chevron during the course I know, of the week. I know, a big article we can today. Put, put the two of them. Uh, yeah, the Times did a story on it. You know, it was a couple of months ago that I'd mentioned the possibility of activists there. I was not referring to what we saw early in the week from that Engine 1. 
That was not something that was on the radar. That was odd. Uh, although Calsters, to be fair, is a part of that. Uh, right. I was referring more to larger activists that might be out there. One, of course, that's been reported on is D.E. Shaw having sent a letter yeah. there. Listen, they're going to try and see if they can entertain some sort of a dialogue around what they believe is a misguided capital allocation policy at the company. Uh, Exxon, for its part, has hired, as you'd expect, all the advisors, the lawyers, the bankers, the PR firms. They've hired people as well. We'll Will see. they put out there? We'll, put up Darren, Darren Woods? I don't know. You know, we'll see if it comes to a fight or, or, or not in any way. But, it, but, I, but worth noting that Exxon has had a, had a good week, uh, perhaps as a result of this, and the expectation that there will be some changes But, but have there. you looked at the future cu- curve of oil, David? No, I haven't. It's in the 40s out, f- out five years. Mm-hmm. There's no real... Uh, it, it, there's no real bump. Uh, I, I still think it's an incredibly challenged business. The best thing that the oil companies have going from Carl is, is that Biden may say you can't do as much drilling. And that's exactly what these companies yeah. uh, have been ferocious yep. in their capital burn. Well, of course, um, they already cut their CapEx guide $10 billion from the yes. March guide. And the pressure's on for them to cut even more. Quickly, though, on dividends, Jim. Pfizer, a 3% div hike. This week we got Zoetis with a div hike, right. Carrier Global with a div hike. I think in November there were 30 div hikes and only one div cut. Well, yeah, but, uh, Broadcom did it, boosted its 11%. That, that's kind of keeping the, the thing afloat. The cash, people borrowed a lot, companies borrowed a lot of money during the dark days, and they've repaid it, and now they're going back and starting to rethink and, and uh, reward. I, I think the one that we talked about, though, is the one that is on the ropes. David, Exxon yes, sir. is the one that the other royal companies say is going to follow, like a BP. Right. But it's sacrosanct. When, what does it mean, sacrosanct, when you're dividend sacrosanct? It means you're not going to cut it. But is it really up to you? No. Eventually... The realities of your capital allocation situation can uh, force you to make decisions that you otherwise wouldn't want to make. But we have but they're to- not there yet. By the way, you mentioned BP. You mentioned Europe in a sense. Yeah. And I did want to come back to that name I'd mentioned at the very top of the show, the EV Box, this company that is going public through a SPAC, a TPG SPAC, that has these charging stations throughout Europe, in fact, 70 countries. Um, can we get that up? I think we can. It's got a strange symbol, guys, TPGY.ut on my fax set. Wow. Uh, it's up 130% from Jim, when? From this morning. But no, we haven't really. They announced the deal. No, and it's, um, can. it's yeah. can't be. Say again? It can't be. No. Well, well, it is. I'm looking but at no, it. Now it, it's 131%. It TPG Pace Beneficial Finance Corporation Class A is the SPAC. Well, how about if it's, you own $100 million in that? You just. You're doing really well. And you got to stop. You're doing really well. Well, there's a SPAC investors who obviously followed TPG, and typically these are sold at $10 a share. Now it's moving up dramatically uh, today after they've announced this deal to to, uh, merge with EV Box Group. There it is. Uh, And, again, 190,000 charge ports across 70 countries. They say their open architecture SaaS platform, Everon, serves as the backbone of the offering with a cloud-native charging management solution. Cloud-native? Yes, that can support both EV Box and third-party hardware. Don't forget that. Are they laser-focused? They are. Could you double-click on this? By the way, it enables new monetization opportunities for charging station owners. It's not just about charging anymore. It's about all sorts of other monetization opportunities. I went to Mike Worth, the CEO of Chevron, suggested he do uh, hydrogen Mm -hmm. charging stations, and he said he doesn't want to do anything that doesn't make Charging solutions in Europe, Jim, they tell me, are several years ahead of the U.S. Well, good for them. So get on it, okay, Mr. Charging Station. Okay. Get on it. Carl, back to you. 
Guys, uh, almost all sectors are down. Uh, McConnell's on the tape saying Democrats should stop insisting on state aid as the government faces a budget showdown at midnight. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, all of a sudden you look up and we're down nine basis points on the week on 10s. We're down 10, 11 basis points on the week on 30s. Let's look at a 24-hour of 10s. You see what I'm talking about. Now, there's a lot of moving parts here. Yes, we've had inflation data, but if I had to pick two reasons why we are down so much, the first reason would probably be the U.K., and the potential of a Mexi-Brexit influence. But I think the other is jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. We had a weak jobs report last week. We see that initial claims aren't moving in the right direction, or at least not moving in the direction in a way that gives us a lot of confidence. So that's why. Now, going back to that Brexit story, let's look at the gilt versus the 10-year on a yield chart comparison for 24 hours. You can see the correlations. And when you go to one week, it really kind of jumps out at you. But we really do need to keep this in perspective because ultimately 80 basis points or uh, 88 basis points is still a level much higher than the half of 1%, the 50 basis points all-time low from November on a closing basis for 10s. Now, let's look at 10s minus 2s, because I brought up something today. If you believe central banks may lose control or not have the ability to manage rates as low as they are today once we start to combat COVID with the vaccine, well, probably go into a steepening trade. Well, let's look at three decades of 10s minus 2s. You see what I mean? There is a lot of room there. That's almost like a cycle is disrupted by the credit crisis and Fed intervention, but it can steepen rather dramatically. Now, let's look at what's going on with the currency, pound versus dollar. That's a 24-hour chart. You can see the influences there as well. And finally, let's look at the dollar index for one week. On Friday the 4th, it made a 31-month low, and basically it's done nothing but go sideways, even though it is up a smidge. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. So uh, we're broadly weaker this morning on this Friday. Uh, Disney's really the only Dow component that's up significantly, adding about 90 points to the index. We're back after a break. From the director of Platoon, Wall Street. The stock is plummeting. When it hits 18, buy it all. Something big is going down. I want to know where he goes and what he sees. I want you, pal, to fill out the missing picture. Mr. Gecko, that's not exactly what I do. Oliver Stone's Wall Street debuts on this date in 1987. Uh, Jim, every so often a film sort of sets the cultural tone for an industry. All the president's men for politics. Wall Street definitely did it for finance. Yeah, Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. <laughs> One of the greatest lines. Teldar. I always thought that Teldar was undervalued. I just didn't think that they would, it would come to that horrible proxy <laughs> contest, David. Your bunny's got a good nose. Oh, my. That was actually a line in a real article by Jim Stewart. Right. Uh, by Pulitzer Prize being writer Jim Stewart, who had a great piece about Barbara Streisand recently. Uh, Carl, it defined... Uh, I, remember, I helped. Uh, I was interviewed by it to figure out what you know, what you do as a broker. And I always used to send flowers to the assistants to be able to get in to see the big guy. I was happy that they used that. Uh, <laughs> it was a good moment. But uh, it was. I, I'd say it was one of those movies that actually uh, the greed stuff holds up quite well. I mean, that was the yes, uh, that the was the cigars. Stuff, yeah. 
Uh, oh very, very hard to get. Um, my favorite bit, guys, is that uh, Michael Douglas was once interviewed about Stone's directing style. And at one point during filming, Stone looks at him and says, are you doing drugs? Because you look like you've never acted before in your life. <laughs> of course, Douglas was taken aback. And what he realized later was that uh, Stone wanted more anger. And as he, as he said, I worked my you-know-what off after that. Well, the late, great Kirk Douglas, who's really a titan and wrote a fantastic book, Ragman's Son, loved our show. He loved this show. And you know what? I will tell you. You know, Carl, he loved Faber. No. He did. Kirk Douglas <laughs> loved Faber. Well, he grew up in Queens, too, I think. Blue Horseshoe loves like Anacott Steel. Kirk, yeah. Kirk Douglas loves Faber. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take love wherever I can get it. It's true. <laughs> we'll get some more love after this, uh, after this short commercial break. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Carl, there's some... Unbelievably great CFOs out there. One of the most terrific is Rich Galanti at Costco. And he summed it up in one sense. But what's going on right now at his stores, which is people have, sp- have more money because they're spending less on air travel and hotel and dining out. And there it is. There it is. That is what's making it so people are spending on their home. And I've got to point out that dining out's really, really expensive. Hotels are crazy. But air travel is just something that eats you alive. And so all that money is being plowed in. And that's why he says Costco has having these uh, mid-teens quarters. What a quarter it had. Fantastic. David, I'm yeah. going to have to take you to Costco one day. Yeah. Uh, we will have crab legs. Don't get us crab legs. The best. I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, Jim, the, the way that, that wallet shifts in 2021, if it shifts uh, and how fast, is going to be one of the biggest stories of next year. Yep. It really is. I, I'm quite excited, by the way, that people have gotten uh, I, I own restaurant. People spend too much money on liquor. There, I said it. OK, they go out and they pay 12 bucks for Margie. And I love them. That's how you can make money. But instead, now they're going to Costco and they're buying a saw. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, what, what's tonight? Sorry. Um, I got true leave. Here we go. Kim Rivers. It's cannabis time. Cannabis, we haven't even mentioned. It's so fabulous. And Insego is a real company. They make semiconductors. But, you know, cannabis is back. It's bigger than ever. And uh, it's, wow. Consumer sentiment is up. I mean, what? Everything's great. And, and there's a pandemic. A pandemic. Jim, uh, we'll see you at 6. Uh, Mad Money, of course. Stay safe, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.